So much attention is being paid to the environment that we so luckily coexist in. And yet there's so much going on around us that we simply don't understand. That is definitely one of the questions that confronted Linda Grocock that day near Digby, Nova Scotia, in what is called the Annapolis Basin. Because that's the day she saw a pod of dolphins stuck in the mud, helpless. What happened next is nothing short of a miracle. Well, Linda Grucock, welcome to Believe in People. Oh, thank you for having me today. So here we are speaking to you in Annapolis Royal, uh, Nova Scotia, which obviously is in the Maritime Provinces, which means you're next to the sea. I just want to know initially, what you, was it a regular day for you? And were you just driving along and then all of a sudden you saw... Uh, how many of these four little white-sided dolphins stuck in the mud? Well, I was actually going to Digby to pick up supplies for foster kittens that we had and also to meet with a lady at a fish plant who was saying there were some feral cats there. And there is a a thrift store chain throughout Nova Scotia called Guy's Frenchies. And I like to stop in just to have a look and see if there's any stuffed animals for our dogs. And I was initially going to stop in there first. And I thought, no, I'll head right to the fish plant. And I talked with the lady there and stopped on the way back, went in, had a look around, came out without anything. And I had parked facing the Annapolis Basin. And I saw a movement in the water, but I thought it was maybe just waves hitting a sandbar because it was kind of brown looking and there was a gentleman in the car beside me with binoculars so I pulled mine out um you probably heard on many uh any of the other broadcasts that my friend Kathy always says carry your binoculars so I pulled them out and lo and behold I saw dolphins feeding and I was just so excited because I'd heard they were in the Annapolis basin but hadn't seen them till that day and quite honestly I think if I had done things in the in a reverse order, I wouldn't have seen them that day. So I do think um, uh, whether it's uh, uh, serendipitous or or karma or spiritual, something I think made me be there that day. And and Linda, so I, just for the listeners and viewers, you're a semi-retired registered veterinary technician. So then, so you're aware, you know, your, your radar is out there. What happened next? What happened when you saw these dolphins? Well, I, I just, I wanted to get closer because it's just so exciting. So I went down this big hill and with my binoculars and I couldn't see as well. So I just kind of pinpointed where I was and drove to another part of the shore and, and got as close as I could get without being in the water. And I noticed a a tail flipping in the distance. And that's when it occurred to me that they were starting to beach because the tide was going out. Oh, so they, they were getting stuck. Yes, they were. I think they were so caught up in, in eating all the fish that they started to get stuck. Well, now has anything <laughs> like this ever happened to you before? Never. You see it. You see articles um, in a magazine or a newspaper or on television, but 
never did I expect that it would happen to me. And it just, yeah, it's both exciting and frightening all at the same time. It's a crazy mix of emotions. And how did you manage then? So what happened? How did the, how did you rescue the dolphins? You rallied the community. What take us through that? Well, I first, I knew about the Marine Animal, Marine Animal Response Society in, in or service, one or the other, in Nova Scotia. And a friend had told me about them. So I knew to contact them first. They asked for some pictures and uh, coordinates of where they were. And then they said to me, well, don't go out there. It may not be safe, but anyone who knows me knows I'm not going to obey a warning like that. And, and then I, I called my friend Chris to see if he could come. I also called, I called 911, but since I'd already contacted Mars, they said they would take, Mars would take care of it. And then I, I'd met a lady, Christine uh, Callahan, through uh, Friends of Farrell's Cat Organization, and she knows pretty much everything to do in this part of Nova Scotia. And uh, she and she was a distance away. She would have had to take a ferry to get to me. And I said to her, but do you know who, who else to call? And she put it out on the Digby Talks Facebook page. And she called the local high school, uh, which was just brilliant. And um, yeah, so, high, so the high school students were the, actually the first to arrive on the scene. Wow. How, um, I don't know how to ask this question. Because I'm not a marine biologist. But how were the dolphins? Could you tell they were in distress? Are they, what do they do? Yeah, you'd think that they'd be flipping around a lot, but they they were just laying, most of them were just laying as still as can be. So I headed out to the ones that had um, beached first to see how they were doing. And while I was out there, that's when these, three young, strong high school students came and I waved one to come out and uh, yeah, they were, they were really calm. And of course I being a pot of dolphins, you have dolphins of different sizes. So we were able to start, we got a couple of the smaller ones just into this stream of water because you have the, you have the, the salt water meeting fresh water because the bear river runs into the basin further, further up. And, um, and from there, other people just started arriving, the Department of Fisheries, and then eventually the fire department showed up too, because Mars, uh, any of their volunteers were over two hours away, and that would have taken them too long to get there to help with the dolphins. Hmm. Well, and, and how long do dolphins, do you know how long dolphins last without water? That's a good question. I didn't know till that day. So they can last about six hours without water. So I saw them beaching probably uh, between 115 and 120. And then when you th- it was after five o'clock when the tide started coming back in that the larger dolphins could be freed from the mud. So we were getting pretty close to the six hour mark when all was mm-hmm. said and done. Yeah, well, I was I was just going to ask you how long was the, how long the tide was out. Um, okay, so we've been throwing around the word "odd" of dolphins. Um, <laughs> like, how many dolphins are we talking about here? Oh, I counted sixteen that day. Wow! wow. 
Yes, and and they are, pardon? You saved them all. That day, yes. Um, Unfortunately, uh, they sent a volunteer down from Mars on the Saturday when, and they must have been around when the tide was out. And we did find two that had passed away. Um, And I would have liked all of them to have survived. Uh, But if we look at the glass being half full rather than half empty, everyone did such a super job and it, it could have been way worse than that. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have been noticed and then all of them could have passed away that day. So we were very, very lucky. Yeah. And, and how do you move a dolphin? Like how, what's the process? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So the, the, the larger ones had to stay in place and the, I learned so much about dolphins that day. The fisheries uh, people said they have to um, stay on their bellies. They have to stay sternal because they breathe better and you can wet them down. Mind you, it was very, muddy wet that we were wetting them down with um, and you just have to make sure that you don't be dumping water in their blowhole the smaller dolphins they either put on just a plastic child sled or tarps that they were getting them out to the water with and then the high school bo- boys and some other volunteers were staying they were about chest deep in water making sure that the dolphins didn't try to come back in because it's it just it's just so interesting how family oriented they are and the need to be together. Oh, that's interesting. The, the, the dolphins want to stay together. They're they're like us in a lot of ways, maybe. Well, that that's what um, I I'm I'm kind of uh, not. I'm wanting to learn more about dolphins now. But from what we were observing that day, yes, they kept wanting to come back into the others, and it wasn't. Hmm. Um, they were all very, we did, I didn't hear any sounds from the dolphins while they, while they were stuck in the mud. However, when the tide started coming back in and they were getting a little bit loose in the, more loose in the mud because of the water, they started doing their little clicks and whistles to each other, which I tell you, that sure tugged at my heartstrings and I'm sure everybody else is out there. Oh my. Oh my. Wow. <laughs> and, and were they cooperative? Like how were they with humans? The dolphins. Yeah, they <clears throat> they were surprisingly very cooperative. We had to we had try to keep the, their um their their fins up to the side to keep them sort of straight in the mud. And I think even when they had them on the sleds, they just stayed put while everybody got the got the ones that they could from the mud out to the water. Well, I would assume I'm that sure they were probably they were probably terrified. Oh, I I can't even imagine how that would feel because now you're you're totally out of your element. But what they were very very calm calm species that when they were with us that day, and you know you hear you wonder when you hear these stories of dolphins rescuing fishermen and different things, wondering um, like they are sentient beings and what kind of communication is going on. Uh, I'm sure everybody out there was talking to them like. I was, you know, you say, don't worry, we're all here to help you. It's going to be okay. And, and, you know, I gave him a kiss or two, but maybe other people did too. <laughs> and it's just, uh, just the commute. There had to be about 35 to 40 people out there. I don't know how many people lost their shoes and socks and everything else to the, the fundy mud, but nobody seemed to mind. They were just happy and wanting to do what was best for the dolphins. Wow. So from start to finish, how long was this process? So I probably, I contacted 
Mars by about 1.30 in the afternoon. And just after five o'clock, everybody had to come out of the water because the tide does come in quickly and you don't want to risk anybody's lives out there. And that's when the, um, the larger dolphins were freed from the mud. So, well, about a four and a half, probably a five hour, probably five hours from beginning to start when I first maybe noticed them. Um, I'd love for you to tell me about the satisfaction that one uh, being, being yourself, uh, gets from doing something like this. But at the same time, if I can ask a double edged question, the satisfaction mm -hmm. that you received from helping save these dolphins. But what about the satisfaction of uh, your community as well for pitching in oh. when they were needed? It's, uh, it's almost hard to, to find words when you're involved in, in something like this. It just, I, I do believe I was in, I wasn't, it wasn't just a matter of right place, right time. I think there was some spiritual component that had me there that day when, when I'm out driving around, um, I'm always looking, is there going to be an animal in need that may need some help? It just, there's nothing in life that um, gives me more joy than being able to help an animal. And, and then this happening and me being there and able to, to make some calls to people who I know would be able to help out because I didn't know how to reach out to people to get more people to come from the community. And then when we were out there, um, I'll tell, um, I'll add a little add on story. There's, um, a gentleman in our church named Stuart and he's head of the board of the church. And we were having a, a little fundraiser play the next day to, to raise money for solar panels for the church. And I got late to the rehearsal on the Friday night and, Stuart says to me, oh, my grandson, Daniel, was out there today. I said, Daniel, he was the first high school boy to reach me to help with the dolphin. So it's like it even gets goosebumps now thinking about it. And he said all the high school kids had to call their parents before they could come to the dolphin scene. And I guess Daniel's mom couldn't even understand what he was saying when he was on the phone. He was so excited. And I just think everybody... Um, getting the chance to be part of such a life-changing event and just the joy and happiness and love and support. It just it's it was coming from all directions. The the posts on Facebook, I think some of them are still coming today. And and like yourselves finding the story and wanting to share it with people, I thought, okay, we were all done with the dolphin story and then getting an email from Amy and, it's, and I thought to myself well maybe not quite yet because <laughs> just everyone was so thrilled with the community and the whole phrase Nova Scotia strong that day it just was out there in in full-blown Nova Scotia strong that day it was wonderful and and actually so Linda that's so cool because thinking about that Nova Scotia strong what Binds the community. Like, what is it? What's the secret there? Because there is a really strong force of community. Yes, I. Maybe the history and the fishing community and tight knit help, helping each other out. That would be my only guess. Or, or I'm sure there's a little extra special something in the air and the water. Everyone is just 
so friendly out here. I mean, I'm from Ontario and they don't know if I'm coming out here with big city views or anything, which I wasn't. But um, I just wanted a quieter life with friendly people. And they have it. They have it nailed down. I mean, even when you call um, a government services or healthcare, and you know that they're getting a million calls a day, just especially with the, the, the status of um, service providers and things. And they're, everyone is still so very friendly. And yeah, I, I just wish we could spread more of that around other parts of the country at times because they have a good outlook on life and they're, um, everyone is just hardworking and they're, and, and, and a good sense of community. There are these little community halls all over different parts of the province and all of them are active, which is is just fantastic. So it gives you a sense of um, how everybody is in gathering and helping. You know, um, I'm sort of loath to bring this up because phrases like Nova Scotia strong come from events that are quite horrific. Yes. Um, for example, the awful mass shooting that took place in Nova Scotia exactly. that I think shocked shocked not only Nova Scotia but but the nation and and the world because people know Nova Scotia as being such a friendly place and isn't it and then we've had covid and mm -hmm. um you know and the recession or whatever have whatever's we're in the throes of these days isn't it you know you talk about fate or or faith or both uh, isn't it something that on that particular day you were able to spark something that actually showed the true nature of what people in that part of the world are all about definitely it's it is a way of looking at nova scotia strong differently and for them to stay together as as a province and as different communities after that uh, horrific event with the mass shootings um, and then to be able to celebrate something different and and give a different spin to Nova Scotia strong because the recovery from something like that I don't know if there ever is a recovery it's going to be part of their lives forever but the fact that you know they can still see the the um, happiness and 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 the and have the ability to help others and animals i also volunteer with hope for wildlife and they transporting injured animals <clears throat> up the coast to get them over to seaforth and and i meet many people when i'm picking up uh, the these injured animals and once i can't say enough again everyone knows hope for wildlife and loves what we're doing and they just want to help out it it's just it's really hard to find the words of uh, my experience in nova scotia so far and, and linda what happened afterwards so you save the dog rescue most of the dolphins and the community mm -hmm. rallies together and then what happened is there what was the the what was it like well i um i i was <laughs> quite surprised at how quickly the news media picks up on these happen these things happening so i don't know if they're watching facebook and things but i had uh, several calls about doing uh different podcasts and online interviews and then with the the national from cbc too and 
And and it's sort of you think after that, it's like, okay, we the story's been reported, but the the number of uh, Facebook um, comments still coming in on the dolphin rescue were it was just it was you would you would think they would have stopped, but they just keep coming because some people aren't on Facebook and they come back and say, oh, thank you to everybody for what they did. And and yes, they I can't thank everybody enough for showing up that day because I'm standing there with mud up to my knees. And when you're waiting for people, time goes so slow because, you know, <laughs> I'm in distress and the dolphins are even in more distress. And. Yeah, it's just. It it's it's so wonderful the way that things occurred and and still people make reference to oh you help with the dolphins and and then I, I had to go back to Ontario and everyone's tell me about the dolphin story and so I I think I know for me if I'm ever an old lady um, losing my mind one day probably the one story I'll repeat over and over will be the day of the dolphins in Digby Nova Scotia that's for sure. <laughs> The Day of the Dolphins. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I think have, it is a phrase uh, from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a movie. Um, well, maybe you can have Dolphin Days in uh, Digby, Nova Scotia and have a couple of floats with dolphins. And who knows? Hey. You could be the queen of queen of Dolphin Days. You could be... <laughs> You can be on the little, <laughs> although it's maybe the dolphins don't spout as much as a No, whale. no, no, no. <laughs> but but uh, uh, I wanted to, you know, the... You talked about when the dolphins, when the dolphins were actually liberated from the mud and started to float away, they were calling to the others. And mm -hmm. you know, you're talking, there you are, Linda, standing in the mud, and you were calling to others too. And isn't it interesting, the similarities mm -hmm. between the two, the two groups, the pod of dolphins and the pod of humans that came to save them. I mean, that's like, isn't that what life is all about? Or at least isn't that what life is supposed to be about? I think so. It's just because, and you're right, that people were calling to each other as we were taking care of these dolphins just to make sure um, we were all doing what we were supposed to and seeing if anybody needed any uh, support, help with things. When a dolphin decided to tilt to the side one of the large dolphins there is no way you're going to get it up on by yourself so other people would come and we'd pack some mud around them or or help support them and so initially yes we had our calling and you're right and then when they started to leave they called to each other and uh, by that time my camera was still dry my my cell phone but I didn't have any power left in it so I didn't have any footage of the dolphins swimming away and of course news media wanted as many pictures as possible and I just put it out on Digby Talks does anybody have any uh, photos or footage of the dolphins that day and everybody sent it in and we got it to the media to, to highlight how everyone worked together and once again working together to get the story out. Hmm. And and Linda, this may be a really obvious question, but let me let me put it this way. So each each week we ask our guests, because this show is called Believe in People, why you believe in people. But I think particularly now with uh, everything that's gone on, our pandemic and war and really tough times, this really probably elevated your thinking around people. And I, I want to ask you, we want to ask you, why do you believe in people? 
we have to, I think it's important to, to believe in many things, but believing in people, we all, I would like to think we would all have support from others when we really needed it. And if we didn't have that belief in people, then we wouldn't reach out. And then we wouldn't have, then the people that would want to help wouldn't be able to support. So I think it goes hand in hand. Moving from Ontario to Nova Scotia was a was a big move and something we really wanted to do. But I had some bad bouts of homesickness when I got here because uh, friends and family were back in Ontario and thinking, oh, that's it. We're going to move back. And and it, and then I got past it. We started moving people. But that day with the dolphins really sealed the deal with um, for me to stay in Nova Scotia, that that support from people. And there it wasn't any, it just, I don't think they had a second thought about coming to help. There's dolphins and we need to help and we're all going to get together. And, and that outpouring of support and love from the community made me think this, this is where I'm supposed to be. I had seen it earlier with people in Nova Scotia, but um, that day uh, made it 100% for me that this is the province I'm supposed to be living in. What a great reflection and what a great story and what a great act of kindness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Woman and dolphin together. <laughs> I, I'm assuming uh, for, I'm assuming you're going to be the dolphin lady of Digby uh, for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I, I really think that that's a t-shirt that uh, you should have printed. And just in closing, <laughs> I love dolphins, but I also love lobster. And let's hope we can get together and have a lobster supper someday. <laughs> Thank you for oh, joining us. Um, please, please reach out. It would be nice to meet both of you in person. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this story because the, um, like I said, it wasn't just me. It was a whole, whole community coming together. And when you get a phone call and people saying we're on, on, on the way, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Linda. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, well, thank Thank you you very much. There are so many inspiring, good, real people out there that you don't really have to look too hard to find them because every once in a while, they're called into action and people like Linda and the folks of Digby, Nova Scotia, they just know what to do. It's instinctive. And, you know, Kevin, uh, having listened to Linda's story, I'm not sure who rescued who. I think that maybe the dolphins were the calling for for Linda. She wasn't sure. She was nervous about her move. And here she found her home. So I think that that's a a love story, in fact. What a great insight. If if you've enjoyed this episode, as we have, we really encourage you to subscribe to Believe in People because we don't want you to miss any of the good feeling stories that we share. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.